We're going to dive into our subject on generous soul. Let's go ahead and pick up in Proverbs 11. There is one who scatters. Now, I want you to think back during offering time. I talked to you about that farmer. Remember? There's one who scatters. And what happens? Yet. Y'all help me. It's up there in English right there. Okay. And yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right. Literally, he keeps what he should give. And what happens with that? Leads to poverty. The generous soul. Go ahead and say, that's me. The generous soul will be made rich. Oh, see, either in church or talking about rich. Now, don't get confused on that. And you think about being rich and wish you were and dream about it all week long and work and try to be. And then you get in church and get all, all cinched up. But we're not talking about that kind of rich that you're trying to chase down in the world there. Remember I shared with you last week, if you'll endeavor to be generous, God will always make sure you're able to be generous. So it's in that way. The generous soul will be rich. He's always going to have what he needs to be, to be generous. Let's read on. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Let's look at in the message paraphrase. It says the world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed and those who help others are helped now realize this again generosity does not give to get a reward but generosity is always rewarded i said this during our offering prayer we don't give to receive but we do give and receive you've got to keep your motive right you've got to keep your focus right on that And God has no problem blessing his people, but who is it that he blesses? The one, the generous soul, the one who blesses others, they're going to be abundantly blessed. Not so that you see, I'm abundantly blessed. Now I can get this and get that and get that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't get squirrely on, on all of that. Understand it. So you can, can continue to be generous. Well, does that mean God doesn't want me to have anything? No, no. Scripture says he gives you all things freely to enjoy. But you never want to lose sight of things, and you always want to live open-handed. Come on, everybody do it. You're going to feel better just to do it. Just open-handed, open-handed. Amen? All right. Let me do some quick review because we've got to get into some stuff here today. The contents and the condition of the soul determines the quality and direction of your life. The contents and condition of your soul determines the quality and the direction of your life. If you're dark and confused and bitter and 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 damaged in the soul, it's going to come out in the quality and direction of your life. But if you get light and peace and wholeness on the inside, it's going to come out in your life. If you can't get along with people and things don't work, work out out here, I'm going to tell you it has to do with something in the soul. And one of the things that we're wanting to cultivate and develop within our soul is generosity. And that's why we're looking at this. If you are generous, it has to do with your soul. If you are stingy, It has to do with your soul. So we've got to look at our soul. And in our soul is where we think and where we feel and where we we decide. So that's where we're going to know some things. That's where we're going to embrace some things in our soul. So one of the things that we need to understand and know and embrace in our soul is the difference between stewardship and ownership. The difference between stewardship and ownership. Are you all with me? I know he's going to talk about my stuff. You have no stuff. (laughs) The difference between stewardship and ownership. Who's who's the owner? But I worked hard for it. Uh, My name's on it. 
Let me remind you what I shared with you a few weeks ago. You get all your stuff. How many of you got stuff? How many of you like some of your stuff? Okay, when we get our stuff and we collect our stuff and we display our stuff and dust our stuff and insure our stuff, and then look at me, and then you die. And then your stuff ends up on a table, on a TV tray. Let's go there, on a TV tray at a yard sale. And, and somebody's going to walk up and go, how much for all this stuff? Your stuff. Give you the whole thing, two bucks. My stuff for two bucks. You know, it's stuff. And here's what we got to do with your stuff and with everything else. We got to realize I am just a steward. He's the owner. And it would do you well every day to say, God, it's all yours. My time, my talent, my treasure, my touch, it's all yours, all yours. You show me today how you want me to use it. Amen. Y'all with me so far? Now, uh, I've shared with you, um, let me go ahead and say this. We are talking about time, talent, treasure, and touch, T4. But we are going to talk about money today. Hold on. Keep your window down. I told you my personal discomfort of talking about money and giving. But I, I, on the other hand, do not have any discomfort to talk to you about the condition of your soul. And one of the biggest problems in people's lives and in their soul is money-related. And I am sorry. I didn't do it, but I am sorry that there's been a whole lot of junk and abuse and manipulation And people have been hurt and they're charlatans and all kinds of stuff regarding money in the name of God and in the name of church. And I'm sorry all that junk has happened. But listen to me. Junk and abuse and all that aside is no excuse to let you continue to live then in bad theology with bad results. This is an area that's got to get fixed. And so to settle it and to get a reset in our hearts and thinking concerning this, we've got to go to God's word. We've got to get into the light concerning this. And and that's what we're going to be doing with this. Um, We want our life to make sense. We want it to work. We want it to be whole. And if that's the case, how many of you want your life to work? You want it to make sense. You want it to be whole. Come on, get with, get with me here. I'm working all morning waiting to get with you guys for real. People say, how can you preach the same message three times? I can do it seven times. I can do it 20 times. It's like a good joke or a good story. Y'all with me? Y'all ever had a good joke or a good story? You're looking for people to tell it to. So I've been waiting on you. And yeah, this is going to help us today. We want our life to work. We We want it to make sense. We want it to work out. We want it to be whole. And that being the case, then you can't take part of your life then, for whatever reason, and separate that out from your Savior. Who's the one who makes life work and make sense and be whole. So you can't just separate it. Yeah, well, I heard some people, they did, they did bad stuff with this. That's them, you know. We've got, we've got to get into Scripture. And I believe this. Anything, anytime and anything that we go to God's Word and open up God's Word about that subject, you're going to get some help. Amen. I don't care what it is. I don't care when it is. If we'll go to God and get counsel from God, from God's Word... Um, it's going to help us. And the Bible has much to say about stuff. 
The, the Bible has much to say about our finances and our resources. One out of six New Testament scriptures deal with finances and, and possessions. One half of Jesus' parables deal with finances and possessions. If we were to teach through the whole Bible, if we were to go verse by verse, expository teaching, and go through the whole Bible, it has so much to say about money and possessions. Listen to me. We would be talking about money and possessions a whole lot. Jesus, in his teachings, he spoke more about money and possessions than faith, prayer, heaven, and hell combined. And then he sums it up in Matthew six twenty one. This will be on the screen for you. For where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there your gallbladder, heart, and not just a thumper. I mean, it's the heart, the center of you. That's where your heart's going to be. Don't, don't misrepresent that verse and say where my heart is, my treasure will be. No, no, no. It, there's a heart treasure connection and it's very important what happens with your treasure because then that affects your, that affects your heart. So, let's work on this a little bit this morning. We are not the owners. We are stewards. We are not owners. We are stewards. So, we're talking about finances. You're safe. We're not going to do a miracle super-duper offering at the end. You don't have to sign nothing today, anything like that. We're just trying to get into the light of Scripture so we can get this thing kind of sorted out. You all with me? And I'm praying that you get a holy reset concerning this. And, and Lord, help us to get some understanding in this. So regarding money. See, they're talking about money in church. You talk about it all the time. Everywhere else, everything else, every commercial, every conversation, just about everything else, you're talking about it. Let's get God's take on some things. So what do we do with our money? What do we do with our money? Here's a few things that we do with money. We spend it. We use it to pay bills and debt because we really liked spending. Then we have to, sorry to bring this up, pay taxes. Do you know that's a Bible thing? Don't get in one of these weird little groups, and there are some. They call themselves Christians. Jesus said, you render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. You render to God which is God's. And one of his miracles was he even provided so that taxes could be paid. Well, I'm not under the law. Yeah. Yeah. Spend, bills and debt, taxes. And then we try to save. And I read you some statistics on that a couple weeks ago. That's not going well. And then finally, if there's any left over, then we give. There's two things that determine how this happens in any of our lives. The first one is this, priorities. Everybody say priorities. Priorities. And then the other thing would be this, self-control. Everybody say self-control. And did you know that you can blow your priorities with bad self-control? Yeah, I was walking through the uh, Atlanta airport the other day and walked past one of the Cinnabon places. Can I get a hallelujah in this place? And it's like, and I thought, there's other airplanes. I can miss my flight. I didn't. Or you're thinking, priority, I'm going to lose these eight pounds. Or you fill in the blank. 
I'm going to lose that way. It's a priority. I'm going to do this. And then you go, Jesus, please build a Krispy Kreme near my work <laughs> place. You know, and self-control can blow our priorities. So when we live this way, and can I tell you something? This is the way most people live. I'm going to go ahead and give you the order that this actually happens. There's studies that show this. Of Okay, which one of these is first? Here's what we do, consumer Americans. That's number one for us. Number two is right here. Number three is right here. Number four is right here. And number five, you guessed it, is right there. And that's the way we live. And can I tell you something? To live that way, to use your resources, your finances that way, reflects that you think you're an owner. Let me put it another way. There's two words that that screams out. Me first. Me first. Now listen to me, church. This will set us free in the end here. When you live me first, when you live this way, I'm going to tell you something. God ends up just getting leftovers. If there's anything left, then we'll give God something. Why? Because it's me first and we're confused about are we an owner or a steward? And you need to know that we are a steward. We end up giving God leftovers. Let me, let me just make up a story here. I've got five children and my oldest is married and has two children. So I've got two grandbabies. And then my daughter today is actually her one year wedding anniversary. That's hard to believe. Yeah. And, um, and they were with us, uh, yesterday. Um, and then I've got Joshua and then I've got Greta and Gabriel and Greta and Gabriel still live at home. So let's say that I took a boat out and I don't have a boat, but let's say I had a boat and we're going to go out in the water. And so I've got my wife and I've got my five kids, my two my daughter-in-law and son-in-law and my two grandbabies and I put them in the boat and I push the boat out and then I go and park my vehicle. And about that time, my vehicle burst into flames. And about the same time, hold on, the story gets better. And about the same time, the boat with my life in it starts to sink. And let's say some guy just shows up and rescues all my family. He rescues the whole family and brings them in. And then on top of that, then he goes over and he puts the fire out just in time on my vehicle. How many of you know I'm thankful to that guy? And then we think about it and we say, you know what? We need to have a dinner and honor that guy. Have that guy over for dinner. And so he comes over for dinner to honor him, to thank him. Do you think we're going to serve him leftovers? You got part of a subway in here. Here's some stuff. When's this from? (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Thanks for all you did. No, I'm telling you, we're going to kill the fatted calf. And if I don't have a fatted calf, I'm going to kill your fatted calf, you know, (laughs) so that, so I can have this. Are y'all with me on this? And yet we've got Jesus, savior of the world who rescued me and rescued my family and and, and made a way so that I could not be stupid in life and not end up in hell and, and have life make some sense and got me out of all kinds of stuff and is patient with me and helps me and heals me and provides for me. And, and I want to bring him in and say, here's my financial fridge, Savior 
master of the universe, creator, redeemer. Anything in here that's in Tupperware, styrofoam, or a doggy bag, almighty most high, help yourself, Messiah. Do you see how backwards this is? Y'all just say it with me. That's messed up. I mean, say it like me. That's messed up. And that's what that is. But you know what? That's how people live. And, and I don't think we intentionally try to get into it, but we live in such a consumer culture. I mean, it's just constantly, you got to get this. You got to buy that. You got to have the upgrade on that. You don't have the shiny one? Get the shiny one. Use this toothpaste. Then you'll be sexy. That's what it is. So we got to buy it. We got to get it. We got to have it. So we spend, spend, spend. We end up with bills and debt. And then, you know, taxes, we further resent them because that's that's messing up with this. So good luck with saving and giving. And we end up giving the Savior who rescued us and helps us. We want to give him leftovers. So stewardship. We're not the owner. We're the steward. Now, sometimes we hear that word stewardship and we get a little nervous because, you know, it's like, oh, their stewardship campaign. You know what? My prayer is, is that we get to a place that we never have to do a campaign. Amen. That we all become generous souls that fully understand I'm a steward and he's the owner and live in such generous ways that God will abundantly provide for you so you can always remain generous. And God will speak to hearts on the other side of the world if he has to. So when the time comes, and we do, actually, we'll need to build an additional building or do whatever or rework something. We don't have to do a campaign. We're not there yet. But I, I pray we get to the place where as the body of Christ, the head, the Lord Jesus, could speak to the parts of his body and bless the parts of his body and say, we got something to have. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be refreshing? Wouldn't it be a great sign to all the rest of the world, including the church world? To just say when it's time to go do something. And if we needed to send to buy a Jeep for a missionary on the other side of the world. And God said do it. We were able to do it. We don't have to hammer people to make it. Right. Amen. Amen. Yo, I'm, I'm wandering here. But let me get back to this. We'll get there. We'll get there. Stewardship is not about giving. And stewardship is not about giving more. Hear me. Stewardship is about reordering, reordering our life so that it reflects that everything belongs to God and I'm just a steward. I want to say it again. It's not about giving. It's not about giving more. It's about reordering our life so that it reflects that it's all his, that it all belongs to him. Are y'all with me on that? Let me, let me know you're out there and that I'm just a steward of it and God will help me with that. Let's go to Matthew chapter six and we're going to watch. Listen to Jesus here in Matthew chapter 6. He says, beginning in verse 24, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Who said that? Ben Franklin. That's right. Jesus. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, now watch what he transitions into to support that. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed as one of these. If, you, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And consider the squirrel that cannot even get out of the road. I, I added that one. Verse 31, so do not worry. Everybody say, do not worry. Now watch this. Here's signs that you worry. So do not worry saying, well, what shall we eat and what shall we drink and what shall we wear and how shall we get this and what are we going to do? And, uh, uh. Verse 32, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all these things will be given to you as well. What things? The things you're worried about. The things you're worried about. So Jesus goes and talking about you can't serve God and money. And then he he goes into this whole discourse about worry. Let's pull a few things here. You're worrying about what? You're worrying about stuff. How many of you know there's more to life than stuff? Did you know that if you think about this, if you only had 10 days to live and you knew it, you wouldn't be worrying about the stuff you're worrying about. You'd be on a whole nother mission. We worry and we worry like we're an owner about stuff that's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And he's, he referred to them. He, he said this, oh, you have little faith. Oh, you little faith. He said that in this context. You don't, you don't trust God, your heavenly father, to take care of these things for you. And he said he takes care of birds and he takes care of flowers. And let me add this, and squirrels and all kinds of other things. He takes care of all those things. And, and they don't worry. And your prayers end up constantly, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. And, and we worry. And the problem is he's, he's saying you're acting and thinking like you're an owner. And here's the thing. You don't have the power. You don't have the resources. You don't have the wisdom. You don't have anything to be able to be the owner, to hold it together, to keep it together. So he starts that whole discourse by saying, don't worry. You shouldn't worry. You don't have to worry. And here's how he knows you're worrying because you're asking, well, what if and what about and what, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? And he says, you know what, when you do that, you're just like a pagan in this regard. A pagan has no concept or connection with a heavenly father. Just thinks that you live and then you die and you rot. There's no concept of anything bigger, greater than, than God. And so consequently, because of that, then we worry, worry about everything because we don't have any help. But we have help. And he says this in verse 32, your heavenly father knows what you need. Let me just do this for me real quick. Y'all can stay, but I do this for me. My heavenly father knows what I need. Yeah, but my heavenly father knows what I need. Why don't you say that? My heavenly father knows what I need. Some of y'all need to do that in the middle of the night. Some of y'all need to do it when you get up. Some of you need to do it. Oh, I'd set your clock by the hour. My heavenly father knows what I need. Now listen to me. If you don't believe that, you'll worry. But when you're assured of that, you don't worry. My heavenly father, say it again. My heavenly father 
knows what I need. Um, I talked about my kids a little bit earlier. One of the things Alicia and I have thoroughly enjoyed about our, our kids is listening to them. So they're, they're playing, they're doing something. And all through their life, you know, when, when Lee was little, you know, before he even had a sister, he's pretending he's doing something, whatever, you know. And we would listen. And we do it in such a way to not draw attention to ourselves so they could just be free to be creative and, and whatever. And watching and listening to them play together. And then more recently, Greta and Gabriel. And Greta's 17 now and Gabe's 13. But when they were little, they played restaurant and they played school a lot. Greta taught him so much. I mean, just every day playing school that when Gabe went into K-5, he already knew calculus. <laughs> I made that up. But he was way ahead. And we would listen to him, and here's something that we never heard to him playing. You okay? No. What's wrong? Got a lot on my mind. Think about children. What's bugging you? Obamacare. There's going to be a shortage on applesauce. Gas prices. I don't know what I'm going to do about college tuition. You know why they never talk that way? Because they knew this, whether they knew this just intuitively or, or consciously, they knew this. Daddy will take care of that. Every time where they're walking through the living room, the most horrible news is coming out of the television. They're like, can I have some more fruit snacks? Why? Daddy's going to take care of it. When you don't believe that, you worry. When you're assured of that, you don't worry. And then we arrive at verse 33. I want to make sure we land this thing right today. Verse 33, can we put that up? I need help reading it this morning. The first word, just good and loud, the first word. Help, help me. But. but. Let's, let's do it one more time. But. but. But signals to us that it's connected. Don't go there. Stay here. Okay. <laughs> you people. He started out, well, you can't serve God and money. You got to know who's the owner and the steward. Dis- he changed into this whole discourse about don't worry. You shouldn't worry. You don't have to worry. You're not supposed to worry. Amen. Here's why. You got a heavenly father. And then he brings it on down to this. And he says, help me. But this means contrast. It means we're, we're changing lanes. We're changing tracks. There's a whole new way of thinking. Something's changing right right there because we got to move from worry we got to move into something else and he says but and then what is else what what does he say seek 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 what seek first you know what he's calling for he's calling for a reordering here he's he's reversing the order on all of this y'all hear keep your window down he's reversing the order on all of this you're doing all of this trying to serve both god and money and it does not work You're going to have to make up your mind and serve God and God will help you on the money end. 
But what you've got to do, all the things you're worrying about, you just need to get this settled. Quit thinking, quit acting, quit operating the way that you're doing and but seek first. So he gives us a new order here. We're reversing the order. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness. And I would hope then that secondly, it would become this, that you would start to save because that's also wise and biblical. And then the rest of the order, I think that that one works out. And then this. And then finally, we, we would get to that. But he's calling for a reversing of our, of our order here. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. That if you do this, if you'll reverse the order, you don't need to worry. If you'll put God first, the pressure will lift. And God will help you. God will take you. Pastor, you don't know the mess I made. How'd you make that mess? By having it in that first order that we talked about. Here's what you got to do. I'm not talking about in an instant, everything's all hunky-dunky back. I'm talking about you start to move from where you are in your heart, in your mind, and with your hands, start to move it toward God first. I'm so sorry I have not kept you first. I want you to be first. And you start to move toward first. One of the most miraculous things will happen in your life. God shows up when you're wanting him to be first in your life. When you start to make that change, God will show up and God will help you to make that change and to reorder your life in that way. If you fund the kingdom, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you fund the kingdom, God will take care of you. If you will seek first his kingdom and righteousness, all these other things that you're fighting and squirming and worrying about, he will take care of those things. Remember that your giving is an invitation for God to be involved in finances. And if I've upset anybody this morning, I hope that I haven't. But I hope it's a good upset that you'll start to think and really process on it. I don't really think that I have. I hope I brought you to a a better place on this. But even if I have upset you or if this upsets you, I just want to go ahead and say this right now, okay? I think there's a whole lot of money, whole lot of money that's being sent to Visa and MasterCard and the phone company and the cable company and the car company and everybody else that actually belongs in the work of the kingdom of God. Don't you see the trap? Don't you see the trick that the enemy has used in our culture? And you never end up ahead going with with the old priorities anyway. Jesus said this, but here's what you do in the face of all of that other stuff. Seek first my kingdom and righteousness and all these other things to be added unto you. Let me just close it out this way. Reprioritize. Let him in. And watch what he will do. Put him first. And he'll take care of the rest. And, and can I tell you something? Not just in finances. This is in all areas of your life. Put him first. And he'll take care of the rest. How's he going to do it, pastor? Supernatural. Unexplainable ways. I don't, I don't know about this service, but I know first service and second service. Have any of you ever had God come through in ways that's like, can't figure that one out, but come on, if that's you, I need, I need to see your hand. I, I can't figure that out, but God worked that out. God's able to do things in supernatural, unexplainable ways. Let me just say this and then I'll close. Give him his place. Don't give him a place. 
Give him the place, which is first place. You can't just add Jesus to your life. He's not an additive. Well, if I add Jesus, I'll get better mileage and have a wider smile. And, you know, we, that's our consumer commer, uh, commercialism again. It's just, you know, add him in. It's not about adding him in. It's about giving him his place, the place, first place. Seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. He'll take care of the rest. I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.